Scrooge McDuck, he had a vault, E-I-E-I-O, and in this vault he had some dough, E-I-E-I-O. <laughs> oh, there's only one thing better than owning a vault full of cold, hard cash, and that's swimming in it. I love to dive around in it like a porpoise, and burrow through it like a gopher, and toss it up and let it hit me on the head. Welcome to Geek Squash, where we scratch your nostalgic spot with 80s and 90s retrospective gel. I'm your host, Caleb McAllister, and this week, Junior Woodchucks will be covering DuckTales! Woo! <laughs> Not the first Disney foray into syndicated animation, but one of the most successful, and that paved the way for many other Disney animated short shows uh, that we all grew up with in the 80s and early 90s. Before we go into diving into DuckTales like a porpoise burrowing through like a gopher and throwing it up and it landing on our heads. Oh my God, that sounds very sexual. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Keep going. I'm Let's take a there. minute to, <laughs> <that's right. laughs> to introduce my co-hosts and they'll tell us their favorite DuckTales universe character. First up, Brandon. What's up, Brandon Kramer? Oh man. Say so you let me to go. You let me go outside of DuckTales as a whole. So my favorite DuckTales universe character has to be Darkwing Duck, which we're not going to cover tonight, but that's what I'm gonna go with. I had dark, I had Darkwing Duck action figures, man. Awesome. Uh, next up, Alex. What about you? Um, yeah, you know, I, I wanted to, I wanted to come up with something funny or something something out of the ordinary here, but really, like the older I get, the more I like Scrooge McDuck. Like I'm just I'm just that guy. <laughs> That's fine. I mean, minus all, minus all the money Scrooge. and success. Like I'm that guy. Right. <laughs> you're just the. You just you don't have the heart of gold, or you have the heart of gold, but not the gold itself. That's pretty much. Sure. I've got three sons, and I hate all right. of them, and I hate everything they do. Um, and secretly, I do anything for them, but everything they do is disappointing to me. So then you're Donald. Yeah. Either way, it's one of the same, really. Doesn't he kind of hate Huey, Dewey, and Louie? They everyone hates Huey, Dewey, and Louie. Why do you hate them? Because they're always in the way. And that lovely voice you're hearing. <laughs> it's my wife, Jamie McAllister. What is your favorite? Duck universe character. Doesn't um, have to be DuckTales, necessarily. Well, I really like Gosling from Darkwing Duck. And that came up. I love her. She's great. Uh, but Strong. Classic, yeah, exactly. Female character. Exactly. Yeah. Tells it like it is. Kind of the opposite Solves of... Solves all the well, mysteries. Kind of like halfway webby. No. Sort of. In oh. that she's a female duck. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Webby's not a strong like female webby. character at all. Eh, I guess. Ew. She's annoying. Who likes webby? Come on. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Nobody likes Webby. Uh, we'll talk about that later. Uh, and then mine would probably have to be um, Fenton Crackshell, a.k.a. Gizmo Duck, because oh. he's like the lame Iron he's Man fantastic. of the DuckTales universe. Pretty cool. And the lame that's, Iron Man. That's now, yeah, it really is. He's like the unicycle Iron Man. Uh, and he is just kind of endearing in the fact that uh, he's a total loser until he's incredibly he puts, endearing. He puts on the suit. He's the great value he Walmart. Uh, he's the great value Walmart brand Iron Man. Exactly. Kirkland. <laughs> like Kirkland Iron Man. <laughs> he just has a brand, looks like a NASCAR Kirkland across yes. it. Yes. Uh, it reminds me, we got to do a Costco run later this week. <laughs> anyway, we'll be right back and we'll start talking about the full DuckTales experience. Woo! <laughs> 
an American animated television series. You may have heard of it. It was produced by Walt Disney Television Animation, which was headed by Michael Eisner, who you also may have heard of because he ended up heading the Walt Disney Corporation. Uh, it was it premiered in, on September 18th, 1987, and ended on November 28th, 1990, which is only a short three years, which I was actually shocked uh, about because uh, the, the whole series was a test in syndication. Right. We'll go over that in just a second. But I wanted to mention... But there is a theatrical movie that spun off of it. We'll talk about it much later in the podcast called DuckTales the Movie, Treasure of the Lost Lamp, which, again, I had also totally forgotten about that. Uh, and that was widely released on October 3rd, 1990, which you'll notice is not the the end of the series. There's a little bit. The series actually went on another month, uh, which is kind of weird. But we'll get into that as well. And the voice cast of the series reprised their role for the film and later on the most recent video game remaster in 2013 which is pretty incredible mm -hmm. so let's go back in time to 1987 where myself jamie and brandon were all five years old oh how's kindergarten you guys that's your first day of school <laughs> it was good yeah and alex was just a wee little baby a baby yeah baby. i was i was born two born. months after this series began oh, wow. oh what a sweet little baby that's boy mm-hmm a <laughs> yep, just as bald as I am now. That was great. <laughs> uh, is it still a soft? No. No, it's like a fucking no. Brillo pad. Gotcha. <laughs> All right. Uh, Gallon of Gas was 89 cents in 1987. Jeez. Prozac made its debut in the United States. Uh, the Simpsons were shown on the TV for the first time. So wait, this, the Simpsons and DuckTales came out at the same time. Yes, isn't that insane? That's crazy. But the Simpsons are still going. Yes, yeah. Yeah, uh, and still really relevant. Well, yeah. yeah. Well, it's a topical show. That's part of it. Yeah. Well, but it's not, I mean, if you see DuckTales, it's because it's TNT picked it up because it was free. A totally I mean, different demographics. Not, right. Yeah. Uh, Whitney Houston released her album simply titled Whitney, which had the single I Want to Dance with Somebody on it. A and great song, by the way. I'm not saying Wait it's not put great. that in right now? I know. You <laughs> could do, your, do your thing. Uh, Three Men and a Baby was a hit at the box office. So this, mm. this is the time frame we're talking about. The fact about. that that was a hit at all. That Ted Dance enjoyed? I might be exaggerating the hit part, but it was, oh. it was in the theaters at the time. That's that movie that's got that ghost in the background? You've seen no. that scene? No. There is. Yeah. Oh. Google that shit. I don't believe that. There's a though. scene. There's no. a ghost in the background of a scene on Three Men and a Baby. Is it a ghost baby? Is it one of those? 
It's a ghost. <laughs> is it one of those like um, the the flashes? You know that people honestly. Or orb- ghosts or I know this. Or I yes, know that this yes. myth definitely exists. I'll have to Google it and YouTube it now because it was before the time where you could actually. It was one of those like it was one of the little myths you knew when you had the VHS. So you go back and watch that. Well, that's like like when you the found the dick on the cover of Little Mermaid. Hung Just in the back side note: that? everyone Google ghost in Three Men and a Baby. We'll hit it. Yeah, spoilers we're, for the we're, fucking we're, movie. Didn't you know the baby was a ghost the whole time, Brandon? Dick. <laughs> <laughs> they filmed it in a haunted apartment or something. And we talked about this all over again. Ridiculous. <laughs> Ridiculous. And, P.S., there is a dick on the mermaid yeah, cover. I've seen exactly. it. Yeah, exactly. That is true. Not anymore. Redrew yeah, it. Yeah, nope. yeah, yeah. But the priest it. still pops a woody. Yeah, it does. <laughs> all right. Back on track. We're talking about ducks here, not not mermaids, all right? Uh, the show features oh, the adventures of Scrooge and McDuck. I would argue that a what? duck is a mermaid bird. <laughs> Technically, he pops oh, wood for uh, octopus, so n- none of that's relevant. Well, but he didn't know it was an octopus. Well, I'm time. just saying. I'm going to ruin Caleb's show. I'm sorry, buddy. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> the rails are off already. <laughs> uh, so anyways, the show features the adventures of Scrooge McDuck. And his great nephews, Huey, Dewey, and Louie. They're not his nephews, which is funny because they call him Uncle Scrooge, which I guess really would be great Uncle Scrooge. Whatever. Um, but that's one of those honorary titles. Like, when you introduce your friends to your kids for the first time and you're like, meet, uh, you know, aunt so-and-so or uncle so And they're not related yeah. to them at all. Yeah, my, yeah, yeah, my buddy Jake has absolutely been Uncle Jake for five years. You know? Right. Yep. I got it. Um, the nephews who are originally living with their Uncle Donald... Uh, are left in Scrooge's care when he, he joins the Navy. So Donald's like, you know what? I gotta go sail the seven seas. See the live world. a life where I can live without I gotta go hands. pound guts yes. in Singapore. <laughs> you know, they I... actually do call that Donald ducking today. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Okay. No pants. Going to sleep no with no pants. pants. So weird. Uh... It's not that weird. <laughs> Though Scrooge is the richest duck in the world, he constantly tries to find ways to increase his wealth. Many episodes involve him protecting his wealth from villains who want to rob Scrooge from all of his money. The prominent recurring antagonists in the show include the Beagle Boys and Magicka Dispel, who are always trying to find ways to rob and swindle Scrooge and his nephews. Scrooge's nemesis in the show is Flintheart Glomgold. Glomgold. That's a that's a yes, that's, that's my same. my favorite dwarf in Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> that's right. No yeah, totally. Glim, Glim, Gimli Glomgold. Yeah. Totally real. Oh. Uh, the second richest duck in the world who always tries to devise plans to unseat Scrooge from his richest duck in the world title. A few of the stories also surround Scrooge's number one dime. The first money Scrooge <laughs> ever earned. Which Scrooge considers to be a good source of luck and wealth. I didn't know it was a dime. <laughs> yeah, it's a dime. I knew it was a coin. I just didn't know it was a dime. I know because I've seen the episodes that are specifically around. Like this is my one prize for. I'm going to only refer like at to McDonald's where they have the first dollar they made up. On I'm going to only trivia. ever refer to Heather as my number one dime forever. Now there you <laughs> go. There you go. Trivia is uh, turns out that that dime. Uh, there are two stated versions of it in canon, um, and the most expensive one would be worth uh, seven hundred dollars. Seven hundred. The number I saw. Yeah, that's it's that's a the... specifically it's an 1875 or an 1857 seated Liberty dime. Depending on its right. year and condition, it would be worth seven hundred dollars today. Yeah, can it's we a pretty good dime? Can we get a nerd alert? 
<laughs> yes. Not. I'm on a, um, I'm, no, a, a Google alert. That's all. I also, yeah, right. I also uh, just really quick before we progress because we kind of we kind of like did an outline earlier about like we're going to talk about this and then we're going to go here. We're going to talk about video game. And play. Really quick, Caleb. Um, I noticed just looking at our at our sort of outline. Um, I don't see any sections, any outline uh, areas about duck reproductive organs. And I was going <laughs> to wonder like when we're going to get into that. <laughs> um that's for a show called npr okay <laughs> uh specifically i believe they cover that on radio lab where they talked about the fact that there is no consensual sex in the duck world yeah they're all rapists that there's only rape what and they have and they have horrifying corkscrew penises it's great that's a real and thing horrifying fake vaginas yes yeah. labyrinthine apparently it's the only thing yeah. labyrinthine yeah. vaginas horrible. and horrible corkscrew dicks and they only rape each other and it's, the ducks are horrible Oh my god. We went, Ducks are in general horrible. We went off the rails on the wrong side that time. That time was the wrong I'll side. I'll bring it back. Yeah. I can't talk about ducks and not so bring it go. up. You gotta know. <laughs> no it's, wonder Scrooge is so grumpy. He's not getting any. He is a very lonely man. All he has is his money. He's focusing all his sexual energy towards more. The hottest duck in that whole show is Magic at Dispel, and I mean, she, she tries a little hard, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's a little old, too. Uh, but I mean, that's perfect for Scrooge. It doesn't really matter. Uh, there was another love interest as well, Goldie O'Gold. Oh, I yeah. believe is her name. I have it. I have it in later on in the notes. Oh. Uh, Scrooge keeps the dime in a glass jar in his money vault. Clearly, he constantly protects it from villains on the show, which is very. I don't. I. It's a dime. I guess I mean, seven hundred dollars. He's got it like. But it's, it's his the, first dime. Yeah, it's the first. It's the money he made. I don't know. He made it shining shoes. Come on, man. That's true. Aww. He did. Yep. So here's here's an interesting thing. The first season of this show consisted of 65 episodes, which was considered at the time standard mm-hmm. for cartoons. Yeah. Right. That's a lot of episodes. Especially because, well, was it still hand-drawn at that point? Oh, yes, yeah. this yeah. is all hand-drawn. We, which, we're hand-drawn until like the late 90s. Which, even just watching the intro of the first episode, like, I mean, cartoons in the late 80s, animation quality was not that high up there you know what i mean like on average your your animated television show in the late 80s was like kind of trash honestly go a... back and watch some gi joe that's some yeah really. uh, go no, go, no, watch him, man. go watch go watch gi joe go watch mm-hmm. any of that bullshit oh it's bad i was yeah. watching this earlier today and i'm like whoa <laughs> like this is for a television yeah. show this is really damn good you know mm-hmm. yeah yeah and that's part of the thing is um they were experimenting with doing uh as high of a quality animation as they could uh, to make their money back in syndication. So so 65 ep- episodes the first season, then the second season consisted of five, two five-part serials, so 10 episodes total, where they broke it down. It's basically uh, two five-part shows or full huh. storylines. And then the third season included 18 episodes. And then... So the, the miniseries style. Yeah, the, that second season was like huh. a miniseries, two miniseries in a row. Uh, third season, eighteen episodes, but not miniseries style. <clears throat> but not miniseries style. Style, uh, and then the fourth, and then the film was released, and then seven episodes dropped after that. Um, but three of those episodes were actually from the original eighteen, so we get a hundred. Okay. They they'd held them back for airing, and the the magic number of one hundred is the number that it requires for uh, a show to be put into syndication. Mm-hmm. Got it. And once you're in syndication, what that means in the United States, and I think this is only in the United States that this exists. Is that you can then sell that show as a licensed product to other networks and make money off it. So what they did is they made a gamble. This is a big gamble in the 1980s because Disney wasn't doing too well as far as animation goes. Mm-hmm. This is like pre-Beauty and the Beast, around the same time as Beauty and the Beast. Um, and that was making money. Uh, and, but like 
Lion King and that kind of stuff hadn't come yeah, out. Yeah, this is actually so, I think the year they started animation work on Pocahontas and the Lion King was eighty seven. Yeah. Yeah, this is they're on the upswing, but it's still a risky move. They're going into TV, which is they had done before. This is not the first animated show. The Wuzzles and uh, the Gummy Bears, the Adventures of the Gummy Bears. Shouts are here and there and everywhere. Yep. That's it. Uh, those preceded this, and on those episodes, we'll talk about why they were not as successful. Because I did some wait. Research. The Wuzzles were they just like popples, but like weird animals instead of. Well, they were a hot. Each character animals. was a hodgepodge of two animals together. Okay. Yeah. But it was popples, basically, right? Kind of. Right. Yes. The color. I, I see where you're getting that with the colors. Oh no! I thought they actually folded into each other. Like no, popples. they didn't fold. I don't think so. No. No. Uh, and then so okay, so this is all the point to be that they did this to make money by selling it to other stations, and that's how they made their money back because they actually had a huge investment into the show to get the quality animation that Alex is talking mm-hmm. about and that a lot of people noticed and why we all kind of love it. It was one of the first shows to be a decently animated cartoon. Yeah, I mean, I would put it up with um, anything that they did through the 70s and 80s as uh, as far as like feature movies go. They're, the animation yeah. quality is there, but it's for every episode, you know? And from what I've read, I can figure out this is a separate team from the movie team. Yeah. So, it, you know... That's kind of saying something that they had some parody, not not 100% because definitely the movies are far better animated, but they also have a bigger budget. So mm-hmm. there's that. Um, so let's get this out of the way. We should talk about the theme song because <laughs> everybody loves it. Caleb it, loves it's one of my the I've been singing it all day. And, and I was honestly, humming at work all day. <laughs> honestly, I'm singing it all the time. Even when we're not doing a show about it, like it comes, it comes exactly. up two or three times a week where I'm like, boom, 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 and Heather's like, God damn it, why? Stop, stop, please. <laughs> it's an earworm, but a good yeah. one. Like it gets in your head, and you're like, this, this is awesome. Um, so it was written by Mark Mueller. He's an American Society of Composers, Authors, and Publishers Award winner, which that's a big deal. Yeah. So he's recognized in his own industry for being an excellent songwriter. Uh, he also wrote the theme to Chippendale Rescue Rangers, which another is great, also one, yeah. a really good. Uh, you know what's funny I was thinking about it there are so many good cartoon themes in the early or late 80s early 90s that it's it's kind of sad now watching cartoon shows and they just don't have anything close like I don't know what it yeah. is if it's the quality of the songwriters that they're getting or or maybe you're just old and maybe. the kids music doesn't appeal or catch on to the way get off that. my lawn <laughs> I would argue that like for there are a few shows that are still really holding it down like Adventure Time though it's much mm-hmm. shorter and probably mm-hmm. less iconic to us. Like, that is one of the better composed theme songs I've heard in a good while. That's true. That's true. Uh, and actually, that will come up later. Not the theme song, but eventually. No. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. hmm. So, Miller com- said he composed the music with regards to the intelligence of the audience, and he just didn't want to go in this cutesy direction that a lot of the shows at the time were going, and he wanted to kind of say, well, I'm going to treat the viewers as adults. Not entirely, but at least... You know, don't talk down to them. Uh, Jeff Piscuto, and that's, I hope I'm saying that right, uh, sang the theme, but according to him, he only sang it as a favor to Mark Mueller, uh, and he was just going to use it to sell it. So they expected him to be replaced <laughs> oh. by another voice artist, right? So, and, and they were going to. Disney said, like, oh, we really like this. We're going to have the Jets sing it, which I went down this weird rabbit hole about the Jets. <laughs> They're this um, Midwestern band. Uh, they're not related to the Australian band Jet, nor are they related to Joan Jet. Um, are they related to, like... to to Benny and the? No, <laughs> not, not Benny and the Jets either. Well, that's really disappointing. I know. 
but they did. They ended up doing Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers. Okay. Instead of oh, they're the ones who sing Rescue Rangers. Yes, okay. and it's weird because they were technically fronted by a, a. It's a family band, but the two sisters sang all the songs that I could find on the internet. I I didn't buy an album. I didn't go to iTunes. I didn't go down that far of a rabbit hole. But um, <laughs> Caleb, if you if you started a family band, what would the people in your family play? Hmm. I would play the bass because I actually played yeah, that. Yeah, sure. Uh, Jamie would play. I can't give her anything rhythm involved. <gasps> so nothing. All she music is rhythm involved. She would give her, sing, give her a solid tambourine. <laughs> Colton That's would, what I was thinking. Yeah. <laughs> Colton would probably want to play the drums. Cool. He likes to bang on stuff. But our youngest is also kind of crazy, so he might he say. could be animal on the drums. And then I'll give Colton the guitar. He'd like that. He'd like. There you go. He's more the guitar, the thinking man's anyway. instrument. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, so. Disney had the Jets apparently do a version of the song, and they didn't like it as much as Jeff's. Hmm. So they just said, hey, can, if it's okay with him, we'll pay him to, to for that version. And everyone wins. And he said, yeah, no problem. With I, yeah. Give me my I hope he made his own room of gold to swim in off of that, because he <laughs> yeah. so deserves it. Uh, I saw an interview with him, and he was also a songwriter. That's how him and Mark knew each other. Uh, he has a, had a long writing history as well. Never had an, an album that I could find or that I know of, but uh, he still writes music in LA and has a career. So nice. this was kind of a boon for him to actually have a, a the, singing credit. Cool. Yeah. Um, it's critically regarded as one of the highest uh, rated television show intros in programming history. And and I'll make a note of this as well, because it's in the intro, is the logo. It's modeled after the Indiana Jones film logo, yeah. which if you think about it, it makes complete sense, right? Yeah. And then the irony of all that is that Steven Spielberg and George Lucas have both said that they were inspired for Indiana Jones by the Scrooge McDuck comic books from the 50s. Oh, funny. Awesome. So it's kind of this weird, yeah, you know, all who's yeah. the, t- the tail's being eaten by the head kind of thing. Makes so the comics were from weird like duck the shit. Yeah. Weird duck shit. <laughs> nobody likes duck shit. Okay. Nobody, no, nobody really likes ducks. I mean, let's just face it: that the only way that we, ducks don't even like the only ducks. way that they could ever get us That's to true. care about ducks was to was to make this thing happen. <laughs> what were you saying, Brandon? I'm sure you're gonna get into the comic. I'll let it pass. Oh, okay, yeah, uh, we'll go right into it because we're gonna talk about the characters. Okay, now. cool. So there's the heroes. Obviously, Uncle Scrooge is the main character, voiced by Alan Young. Um, Originally created by Carl Barks in a 1952 spinoff of the Donald Duck comic books, Uncle, Sc- Uncle Scrooge, as the, the nephews call him, is the star of DuckTales. Um, interesting thing, the comics are still in print today. That's crazy. They're now pu- published no. by IDW. Um, they have a new numbering scheme, but I think they're up in the, I want to say, four or five hundreds at this point of issues. Wow. That's a lot. Yeah. And every publisher has picked it up because it's been picked up by, I think, like eight different publishers has kept the numbering scheme the same until recently with IDW. They just started to start over from four or 500 or whatever and go back to one. Yeah, because you know? IDW, IDW is famous for just rebooting everything they ever get their hands on. Well, that's the thing. That's is like, true. IDW, they really are. They have licenses for all the nostalgic – like almost all this nostalgic stuff we talk about, IDW has the comic license uh-huh. to like Ninja Turtles, Ghostbusters. I think they have a comic and I really want to read that. If that's, uh, oh, what one? Battle Beasts? Do you remember those? Uh-uh. They're the little um, anthropomorphic 
battle characters probably like an inch high and they had a hologram in their chest. That doesn't ring bells. Oh, like, oh shit! Oh, I know funny. that one. Oh shit! It was, I gotta Google it. It was heat activated because you put your thumb <laughs> over the hologram <laughs> and it would tell you if it was a water or a fire yeah, oh or God. earth or, or whatever. Forest or whatever. But the problem with that was that it was a cheap little sticker mm. and if you stuck your thumb on it too many times, the sticker came off and then. Yeah, no clue. What I'm looking, I can't wait till we do the Battle Beast episode. I'm looking at a picture of these things and I don't recognize them. What, what really? did I no, miss? They were, they were on commercials. I don't. They were going to have a cartoon. Oh. I think it There was canceled. never a cartoon. It was just the toys? I don't think so. I'll have to look it up. God, we That's have a, a thousand of those. They look awesome. Really? I miss these things so much. I don't have them Me too. Anymore. They're <laughs> anyway. so cute. My favorite was a little ram guy because I thought he had Princess Leia hair. Oh, oh so my God. Good. <laughs> You're such a sweet, sweet little girl. Right? Oh, so man. precious she is. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so Scrooge had a money bin where he kept, uh, apparently, it's kind of like a vault, like a giant box that most of the shows centered around and also like had offices in there. Uh, he said it was three cubic acres in volume. Jesus Christ, is, what? <laughs> that doesn't actually exist as a unit of measurement. Right, because so, it's gigantous. A lot of people have just kind of summed up that that's Carl... Uh, yeah. Carl Barks's way of saying that it's a, a huge amount of money that's indescribable. In fact, I do remember now looking up uh, the number was somewhere in the quadrillion range, which is it was a huge number that is impossible. So that's kind of the idea. Yeah. He's just rich beyond all belief. I saw. Did um, you watch the episode? One of the episodes I watched in recap was the one where the accountant guy was counting all of them, and he misses a penny at the end. He has to go back and recount them. But um, <laughs> and it was something like there was something like 160 something million dollars in there, yeah. in coins, in gold coins, in coins, yeah, He's that just, you can swim in. Right. Gonna, so what? Like so what we're getting at is Uncle Scrooge is like Burrows like a badger. Uncle Scrooge is like crazy liquid with these assets right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, right, Uncle Scrooge yeah, exactly. can buy anything and anyone anytime. Which is funny because um, I believe in the 70s he did a whole – he was the star of a whole show about money and about investing. And he actually – there's a whole song in there about like you got to make your money work for you, which is uh, – he's not making his work, money work for him. Work. He's just letting it sit. He's a dragon, in dog. This vault. <laughs> yeah, he's exactly. a dragon. <laughs> Who as a kid Smog. would take stacks of pennies and, pa- and stack them up and pretend like, you, like Scrooge McDuck stacks of money? I used to do that. Shit. But, it, oh, really? but it was more inspired off of the Christmas Carol, Scrooge McDuck, where at the beginning he's doing the stacks of money and he's yep. from Mickey's Christmas Carol. I got you. I love that one. I would take so, stacks of pennies and put them on my elbow right here, and then you <laughs> flick them real quick and you and catch, catch them. them? Yeah, nice. that's my trick. Oh, I could never do that. There I'm was a ride at Great America. Do you remember The Edge, I think it was? The Wrestler? And there was, it's, no. <laughs> it was based on a movie. Where was Christian? No, it was based on a movie with an <laughs> elevator. And so it was like the original drop zone style ride, mm-hmm. you know, where they lift everybody up and it just Like the Tower of Terror at Disneyland? Yeah, basically. But, okay, so you're in a giant, like, cage elevator, and it goes up. And so the trick was you were supposed to put a coin on your oh, yeah, yeah, knee. Yeah. And then, what was the thing? It would hit you in the head? Supposedly. It should just, like, <laughs> float in front of you, but... Knee. Oh, right, right. Okay, so that must have been the goal. <laughs> it was supposed to float right It just hit Jamie knee. in the head. Because <laughs> no, she got like, right above it to watch terrifying. it float up. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Uh, Please put me in an elevator that I know is going to plummet to my death. Yeah, no, that sounds fun. I was talking about that the other day. That's not a bad way to go, I never though. never rode that. 
like in the you're not gonna feel like in the whole it. list of yeah, shit yeah, that the... could possibly kill you like dropping down i don't know 30 40 stories like that's fine no, you'll just get crushed and, and uh, pressed under rubble, praying that somebody finds you before you bleed out. You no, know, you'll, you'll be unconscious. It's fine. Yeah, you, it, it, it takes you pretty quick. And knock you out. Um, so now that we're... I'm sorry, DuckTales. Yeah, exactly. Back to DuckTales. <laughs> uh, I, I do have a note here. <laughs> He's from Glasgow, Scotland. Obviously has a Scottish accent. Mm-hmm. And yet, uh-huh. if we're talking here we go, Caleb. realism... Here we go. He should be... I, I'm, I'm an MCC. Okay, that's how you spell my name. His is MCD. Right, that's Irish. Yeah, that's not Scottish. Yeah. It should be MacDuck, which they do pronounce it that way. Flintheart Glomgold constantly pronounces it MacDuck. Right, but it's McDuck. Hmm. I just got to point that out. It's a gl- it's a gross oversight. <laughs> Is it? It's a yes. gross oversight. They didn't allow a sing. There was not a single uh, Irish nor Scotsman on an employee of Disney up until maybe like the mid nineties. They they that's they true. absolutely kept those people locked in cages. <laughs> Um, the the other stars of the show are Huey, Dewey, and Louie who are all voiced by Rusi Taylor Um, they were created in 1937 so technically they're older than Scrooge as far as how old the characters are Um, by Ted Osborne and uh, Al Talaferro Uh, they are great nephews of Scrooge as I mentioned before and just regular old nephews of Donald Duck uh, the boys are identical in almost every way, every way except for the colors. And this is actually not true in the comic books. Actually, often in the comic books, they're all wearing the same color, so nobody can tell them apart. Hmm. But for animation purposes uh, and brand recognition, they decided to give them all separate colors. Same reason they color the turtles. Huey, exactly. Huey is red. It's the brightest hue. Mm-hmm. Dewey is blue, like the dew of the morning. or the Blue sky. water. Blue water, yep. Right. And Louie is green like leaves. Huh. Uh, That's a way to yeah. remember them. Do you know how to remember exactly. which one's Chip and which one's Dale? Uh, Chip's Chip. the stuffy one. No. And Dale's the fun one. Dale's, well, yeah. well, yeah. Chip it's easier in Rescue Rangers because just... they're wearing different clothes. I'm saying if you see him without yeah. clothes on. Well, doesn't it? Dale, Dale has the red nose. Yeah, has Chip has a black nose like a chocolate chip. Oh, there that's go. clever. Okay. Huh. There you go. You're welcome, um, so Geek boys... Squatch. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> The boys belong to a Boy Scouts of America type of organization called the Junior Woodchucks. Okay. Uh, the Junior Woodchucks guidebook often comes into play in each episode as an omniscient, convenient plot device to solve whatever problems are in their way so that they can save Deus, uh, Deus Ex Machina, the book. <laughs> correct. <laughs> I, I didn't want to, yeah, I wasn't sure if we wanted to go there or not, but that is the correct uh, terminology for that. Their mother is Della Duck. Their father is unknown. Now I sent everybody in this chat or in this in this room, so to speak, a, an image of the official duck family tree. And just conveniently enough, the boys, Huey, Dewey, and Louie's father, is blocked out by a bird sitting in the tree. So we don't still don't know who his father is, unfortunately. Maybe it's the bird sitting in the tree. It could. I be. would watch it. It's not a duck. I would watch that episode of Mari. I'd watch it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you are not. The <laughs> <laughs> <You're great. laughs> nice. uh, I knew it. Uh, later on, they would star in the 1990s animated series Quack Pack. If you remember that, oh, I don't think it, I, I don't think I it lasted don't. very it long. Didn't. Maybe it didn't. I totally later. forgot about Quack Pack. Yeah, nice. They're a bit older, and their personalities are more developed. Uh, it just started getting into successful. girls. One of them started dabbling in black magic and 
fucking listening to death metal, and it was <laughs> just a rough time. Dylan just gotten smoking yeah. a lot of weed. Louie, yeah. the leaf. Definitely Louie, yeah. leaf. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. It's the fact they just call, started calling him leaf, if I remember mm-hmm. correctly. Uh, <laughs> next up was Webigail Webby Vanderquack. Not technically a, uh, uh, a related to either Huey, Dewey, Louie, or, Do- or Donald or Scrooge. Um, she was also voiced by Rusey Taylor. She's the granddaughter of Mrs. Bettina Beakley. Uh, Scrooge's maid and nanny to the boys. She um, has been kind of adopted by the family. At a certain point, she ended up calling Scrooge Uncle Scrooge instead of Mr. Scrooge. Uh, considered annoying by some, probably because she speaks her mind, has a great <laughs> love for animals, and, and is female. Constantly That's it. has her quacky patch doll. I don't know if you remember that. I do remember that. That's a good little callback to Cabbage Patch during the... Can uh, we... Can oh. we all just get on the same page here and agree that there's probably someone in the same city as Caleb and Jamie right now who ha- who has a daughter named Webigail. <laughs> wow. <laughs> there is some some shitty crunchy parent and that named her kid Webigail. No, no, they've seen the show. They've got a tattoo of like uh, of Huey Dewey and Scrooge somewhere. Yeah. And they ride fixie no. bicycles. They, um, they make their job writing writing uh Animorphs literatica on Amazon. Oh, dude, no that, that I'm sure that happens. Um this is a little fun stuff about Webby. She's a carbon copy of Daisy Duck's nieces, April, May, and June, themselves a direct parallel to Huey, Dewey, and I had, Until I read that line in your notes, I had no idea these these existed. No. They look exactly the same uh, as Webigail. Just imagine three of them, so right. you can't tell them apart. Well, it's like the chipettes. You've got to answer exactly. that second. Because yeah. you got to broaden the toy market to uh, mm-hmm. appeal to the chicky babes as well. The chicky babes. The chicky Late babe. 80s cartoons selling the toys. Mm. Pretty yep. much. Uh, later on, they would uh, also star in. No, that's not true. They would not star in the Quackback. Who? There is a female duck, and I can't remember her name. It's not Webby. We'll, we'll not call Webby. her Gina. I don't believe. Told you, no one liked <laughs> Webby. Jamie, Gina. she didn't make the reboot. Gina Duck. I know. She was too smart. That clearly was a failed show from the beginning. <laughs> I'm not touching that with a ten foot pole. Um, <laughs> 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 Uh, next up, Launchpad McQuack, voiced by Terry McGovern. He was Scrooge's pilot, and while a great pilot in the air, he could never exactly nail that landing, except for in one episode, uh, he crashed every single plane. And he's most notable because he went on to uh, Brandon's favorite show, mm-hmm. Darkwing Duck. Darkwing he became a very Duck. central character in that. Mm-hmm. Let's get dangerous. Dangerous. <laughs> um, <laughs> love this. Yeah, I I knew oh, Launchpad way show. more out of Darkwing than this, but right, he's just as prominent. Really? I feel like in in Ducktales, as he's yeah. in a lot of episodes. Yeah, he's in a lot because well, he's the goofy sidekick. Yeah, actually, I should point out that they replaced Donald with Launchpad. There there was an original idea that it would be Scrooge as the star, but Donald would be the sidekick. Um, but they were afraid that his speech pattern donald's would be distracting and annoying oh, to kids can we get into this donald's my least favorite cartoon character of all time absolutely yeah, yeah he's horrible I, I can't really? stand watching donald talk i hate i hate i do yeah. not think donald is a funny character at all that first episode where he's where he's going off to the navy mm-hmm. and saying goodbye to the mm-hmm. boys and i was like get this dude the fuck out of here that's his the one voice I, watched. I watched part of that too yeah and it was just like i understood three fucking words you just said like yeah. i honestly i don't i do not like do not like donald I'm. I don't hate him. I just don't. I'm ambivalent. I don't. Like, really hey, he's a, he's right up there with Taz, dude. It's like Donald and Taz. Like, 
Oh, Taz. They're both is, up yeah, there like my least favorite cartoon characters of all time. Who do you think in the 90s, who do you think wore more baggy pants? Oh, it's got to be Taz. Actually, it's got to be Taz because Donald Duck doesn't wear pants. Donald Duck doesn't wear pants. Yeah, for shit. I loaded my own question. Taz didn't wear anything. No, 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 no. There was a certain iconography where they put Taz in pants. Yeah, well, no. On every Bugle Boy shirt. All the gangster Looney Tunes shit. Yeah, exactly. He's funny with like 17 You're a girl. You weren't into this stuff. Bugle Boy shirts. Oh, my God. I don't know if it was Bugle Boy. He's backwards hat, backwards shirt, and backwards pants, my dude. Come on. Get that Chris This is the attempt for Warner Brothers to, you know urbanize their characters they did the taz was considered they, for some then reason space jam but... happened and we, you know it was fine yeah yeah oh space jam <laughs> i think we're doing that next week we are doing yeah. space Shit, jam are next we? week yes oh! <laughs> 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 oh, alex doesn't make the meetings guys <laughs> I don't. Yeah. I so don't. He just forgets them. That's the problem. But he does have real cute dance parties when uh, he gets excited. I'm about so them. amped right now. <laughs> That's true. Before that. Uh, next up, we've got Duckworth, who is voiced by Chuck McCann. Uh, he's oh, Scrooge's Butler. butler. Yeah. Uh, he's actually one of the few non dog. Actually, there's a lot of dog type characters in this universe. Why is his name Duckworth? Including That's what I'm saying. Name's Duckworth. Okay. Not a duck. That's the. That's the irony of it. It's supposed to be ironic that he's that he's not a doctor. His name's <laughs> Duckworth. I'm sure it's a play on uh, Alfred from. Batman. Yeah, looking looking at his face, like the way he's animated and the way that most butlers are are presented in animation. Um, do you guys think that they only take real hard poops? <laughs> <laughs> yes, he's very puckered. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> like that guy, a lot of fiber in the man. Yeah, side. that guy's never that guy's never kidding? had a pleasant time in a bathroom ever. No. Uh, I had to mention Gyro Gearloose because uh, he was voiced by Hal Smith, um, who was Otis, the town drunk Otis yeah. Campbell on the oh, Andy okay. Griffith show. Cool. Yep, uh, he he was the the character is an inventor whose inventions often cause like the entire plot. Like it would work fine for for Gyro, but it wouldn't work for anybody. He's else. the tall, skinny duck, right? Chicken. He's oh, is he chicken? Well, didn't he work yeah. on um, Robo Duck? I believe that Wasn't he created. That his whole thing? I think he created Gizmo Duck. That's that's the one I meant. Yeah. Yeah. Robo Duck is actually the Japanese name for Gizmo Duck. So you were well, not wrong. See, I'm there. Nice work. I'm 100. <laughs> percent uh, And then Fenton Crackshell, voiced by Hamilton Camp, uh, Scrooge's accountant and personal bodyguard as Gizmo Duck. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, generally bad at everything until at the last minute he finally succeeds. Um, his personality does a 180 when he's in the Gizmo Duck suit. He's very confident. He's very successful. Um, as I have in my notes here, and I said before, he's basically like unicycle Iron Man, mm-hmm. uh, minus the cool. What's part. the What's the R stand for? Isn't there an R on his chest? Am I thinking of something different? No. Okay. I, you know what? As a kid, I was constantly confused by that. What it is is it's a crescent and then a slash through it, like a D. It's... It's supposed to be what? like a weird GD combo. Really? Like Gizmo I'm Duck. To... Gizmo Duck. Yeah, it's not well done. Yeah. I'm horrible. looking up. A... Oh, it is. Holy crap. Yeah. <laughs> I also forgot to mention that in order to become Gizmo Duck, he has to say the totally cool phrase of blathering blatherskite. Yeah. 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 It's, it's a good one. And it's his general curse for everything, which is funny because he says it and then the, the armor doesn't come to him often. Only like, That happens on a regular basis. So I don't understand what the trigger is anymore. There are the Marvel words. Gizmo Duck uh, comic books. It looks current. All right. <laughs> it's Marvel and Nobody Disney Gizmo Duck comic book. 
It has yeah, to be it's current. To do. It's the it's, it's probably it's current. the gritty reboot. Dude, yeah, that'd be sweet, like a like a RoboCop version, <laughs> but it's Gizmo yeah, Duck yeah. doing like the it's real just Gizmo Duck. It's just Gizmo movie. Duck in Detroit. <laughs> Dude, right in real life. <laughs> I like it. He's the Punisher. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, smaller characters. We kind of talked about uh, Mrs. Bettina Beakley a little bit. Uh, Bubba the Cave Duck. I don't know if you remember him. No. Oh Tootsie, God. Yeah. The Triceratops, who was Bubba's pet. Because uh, for some reason, Doofus Drake, who was a fat uh, member of the Junior Woodchucks, he had like a, a raccoon skin hat on, glasses. Mm-hmm. He was in a lot of episodes, but I don't really consider he was him just like just a jerk kid. No, he was kind of an idiot. Yeah, he's, his name is Doofus. Yeah, his name's Doofus. He's oh. not going to be smart. Oh, it's like they did with all with all uh, animated like children's groups. They always had like one annoying fat kid. You yeah. know what I mean? That's what he was the annoying fat kid exactly. Uh, and then Goldie O'Gilt. I said it wrong yeah. earlier. Uh, she was uh, Scrooge's love interest. Uh, yeah, there were a couple other Donald. ones, but they always ended up trying to rip him off. Uh, and then, of course, Donald, which we all hate. So, Well, except for me. I don't care. Uh, then we got the villains. Flintheart Glomgold, again, voiced by Hal Smith. Uh, on several occasions, Ed Eisner actually took over because, uh, for whatever reason, Hal Smith couldn't do it. Is he the other uh, Scottish the one? Richest duck. It's all that drinking. Yes, he... Yeah, so he was also Scottish. Uh, originally, he was from, in the comics, from South Africa. But during the 80s, there's this little thing called apartheid. I don't know if you know about it, but... Mm, is that the Mandela Disney shit? Wanted... Yeah. <laughs> yes. That's actually how it's yes, taught Brandon. in high school in 2016. Uh, it's literally, it's, it's just a history book, and all it says is apartheid. And then we could it goes, that Nelson Mandela shit, and they move right off. <laughs> exactly. But, they have, but they, have right ten, they have 10 pages on Live 8. <laughs> yeah, exactly. God. Uh, so yeah, they changed him to be a Scotsman, also from Glasgow, just like Scrooge. So they're just rivals, and they just are rivals in the show. Like his nationality has nothing to do with anything mm. other than than where he's from somewhere else. Uh, the Beagle Boys, who are vo- voiced by various cast members and a couple people outside the cast, which we'll talk about at least one of those uh, later on. They're a large family of dog people obsessed what? with robbing banks and Scrooge's money bin, and they were. It's funny because they have horrible costumes, and the first time people see them in the costumes, they never recognize them. And then immediately after realizing that they got duped, people realize that they're the Beagle Boys. And but it's too late, at, at least at that first point. <laughs> the Beagle Boys are common thing. On the show. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Right. Uh, and then the third biggest villain. I, there's a whole bunch more, but these are the top three that everyone knows about: is Magica Dispel. Yeah. Right. Um, voiced by June Foray. Uh, she's a powerful witch who's constantly after Scrooge's number one dime because she says it has magic powers that will allow her to rule the world. Hell yeah, mm-hmm. dog. Get some sorcery in that show. Exactly. <laughs> um, she was... Uh, I got some stuff on her. She was originally inspired by uh, two Italian actresses, Gina Lola Brigida and Sophia Loren. Okay. Oh. Uh, and then we got to talk about the voice cast. I, mean, I mentioned who voiced whom, but it's kind of it wouldn't be fair to these great voice actors without going a little bit further into them because for the most part, uh, with the exception of Alan Young, uh, they're just prolific voice actors. And we'll have to talk about them on other episodes because they're in a ridiculous amount of shows yeah. in the 80s and 90s. Um, let's start with Alan Young. This is, his, this is his character. Alan Young, I mean, he was the star of Mr. Ed as... Uh, Ed's owner, Wilbur Post. And that that's what people know him from that are our parents' age, at least my parents' age. 
But for us, he'll always be Scrooge McDuck. And he voiced his character until he passed away, I believe, in uh, 2007. Mm. Um, maybe it's a little bit. No, it had to be later than that because he was alive in 2013 to do the remaster. Oh, no shit. So yeah, that's been, awesome. Yeah, it must have been 2014 that he passed away. Uh, Rusie Taylor, still alive and kicking. Kicking butt. She's the voice of Minnie Mouse. Since 1986, she's the um, longest person to do that character's voice in the history. Yeah, of the I was gonna say, so she's the richest living human being ever, ever, forever. One of them, definitely. <laughs> well, and she was married to the guy that did Mickey Mouse. Correct. So the two of them combined. Is that not the like, most adorable thing you've ever heard in your life? It's so like, cute. I bet you they talk to each other in those voices all the time. I bet they Aww. don't. I bet I they bet. never, wore, ever use those voices outside. They wore the mouse ears. Oh, too. definitely. Oh, my God. Stop it. This was cute. And this was like cute until I started thinking about the reality of it, bow. and that's horrible. <laughs> that's guy, Alan Young uh, passed away this year in May. Oh, okay. My All bad. Right. R.I.P., dog. There you go. <laughs> R.I.P., dog. <laughs> I'm sure would have appreciated that, Alan. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, she was married, as, as Jamie said, to, to Wayne Allwine, who was the voice of Mickey who passed away in uh, 2009. Shit, RIP. Oh, he passed away? Now I, <laughs> now I hope they did voices and shit to each other. Yeah. Man. See? You heartless <laughs> I, I hope she gave his entire eulogy in the Minnie Mouse voice. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh. oh, man. That's messed up. <laughs> uh, then we got the great Terry McGovern. Um, he's a prolific radio personality in the Bay Area. So uh, if you're from around there, you may have, in your, in your 50s or 60s, you definitely heard him. Um, he also does teaches guest appearances in voiceover work, and Jamie actually had him as a guest teacher. Yeah, nice. No, he's incredible. It's it's a trip to watch somebody work at that caliber because it's one thing like you see somebody in a booth and they they're instructed to do a character and they do it, or you know, I'll try it this way and they do it that way. And it's another thing to have this like live breathing human being in front of you who is just an encyclopedia of voices and from character to character, like can just skip out of it in conversation. Like, Oh yeah, no. And I can't even kind of do it justice, but move from character to character to character without skipping a beat. It's just like libraried into his head. When you, awesome. yeah. Whenever I hear stuff, because voice acting is not a thing that I'm even remotely good at, but I'm super interested in. And when I watch like, um, for instance, like Tara strong, who can go from Timmy Turner to, uh, you know, mm-hmm. um, all, bubbles. bubbles to all these, you know, all these different characters in like one sentence. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, that's it's like, holy shit, that voice that yeah. should not come out of your head. That's insane. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can't imagine seeing that. I can't imagine seeing that in real life. That's, that's amazing. It's a trip. Yeah. There's some very, very talented people out there. Yeah. He's uh 74 right now. Yeah. 74. And, um, Still working on uh, a crazy amount. So. Good. That's the beauty of voiceover and radio in general. There's not really a shelf life. That's true. Uh, next up, Chuck McCann. Never a star, but always a solid performer. Um, he's been in either film or cartoons, television, since 1959. The man is like, I got 300 credits, I believe, to his IMDb. Wow. Uh, mostly doing like single episodes and stuff, but he did some of the Beagle Boys um his most recent recent work which kids today might be familiar with is mo from adventure time yeah man he created bemo yeah Yeah, exactly uh hal smith as i mentioned earlier he's he's otis campbell from the andy griffith show if you're familiar with that um 
but the guy was known as like the Hanna-Barbera guy. Like if you needed a voice in the 60s for Hanna-Barbera and you didn't have somebody already, you went to Hal Smith. And he was uh, just a crazy nice guy. Funny because he never drank in real life, even though he played Otis. Uh, he also was Owl on the Winnie the Pooh shorts, which I think they've turned now into the mini adventures of Winnie the Pooh as one long mm-hmm. uh, show. That That's him. That's Hal Smith. Oh, nice. Yeah. And he passed on, actually, like, shortly after this show was over, 1994. So four years after DuckTales, he, he passed in 19, at the age of 77. Shit, RIP, dog. Uh, I know. <laughs> um, Why are all these people dead now? I, I have to say that now yeah. to, to everyone who is dead involved with this episode. Exactly. Uh, Hamilton Camp uh, is up next. He's a, a man, exceptionally long list, again, of credits. Like, it's just not, I can't go through anywhere close to him at all. Um, people our age might know him as the brief appearance he had in Halo 2 as the Prophet of Mercy, who he gets, he gets killed. Okay. Is that, um, is that the dude that gets his shit ripped up on the... I'm not a big Halo guy. Is on it, Halo so the pro- 2? The, the Prophets, are they, are they the ones that float around on those, like, those... those yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah that yeah. shit was yeah. great. That was is great. he the one that get, he, like, assassin like, he stabs him through? Or is that Halo 3? Uh, I believe so, yes. Okay. With the, with the energy blade? Truth? I don't know. You're thinking about Truth? Truth is uh, somebody else who's very famous. Maybe you kill Truth right as, as Arbiter. And you, th- and yeah, you, you actually, and you actually stab Arbiter. him through... And that's when, yeah. yeah, yeah. Anyway, we'll we'll do Halo later. Welcome, there's a, welcome there's to the a Halo correction podcast. if we're wrong. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, e- email us at podcast at geekswash.com and tell us how wrong we yeah, are. Yeah, tell us how wrong you are on our Halo facts. Yep. He also did, um, like, similar to Terry McGovern, he actually did, Terry did uh, quite a bit of uh, small like, live action stuff. Uh, Hamilton Camp did a, a lot of live action stuff and actually did a guest appearance on Saved by the Bell as Mr. Margolis. On an episode entitled "Dancing to the Max," dancing to the Max. So let's just tie that to the last episode. Uh, I think I watched that episode. And, oh, funny! <laughs> you have to look for Mister Margolis. Okay. No, I'm not watching uh, any more Saved by the Bell for a minute after researching for <laughs> Saved by the Bell. Just letting you guys know. <laughs> letting you guys know. I, I, don't I loved it. It was fun, but I'm not going to turn it back on for a minute. I got I got the world's dumbest look last night. Speaking of Saved by the Bell, really quick. I had the world's dumbest look last night as I was at my buddy's uh, house for his birthday party. And we're talking to this – Heather and I were talking to this girl. And she was talking about how she um, did like one of those like $100 cheek squab – cheap squab like uh, – god damn it. Cheek swab tests oh, for like Ancestry.com uh, or something, right? Like geology tests. Is it the Me 23 Something like that. Yeah. So she, she, she did yeah, one of those okay. services. Anyway. And she's like, yeah, you know, and you find out that like, you know, you're related to – uh, people who own slaves, like I found out, like someone, one of my family members in England owned slaves back in the day, and I feel so horrible about it, blah blah blah. And I was like, "Oh shit, that's like that Saved by the Bell episode." Where, and they were just looking at me like, "What the oh fuck God. are you talking about, dude?" <laughs> <laughs> that's so I'm like, "I promise, I'm not the biggest Saved by the Bell fan. I just talked about it for an hour a couple weeks ago. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. I'm not crazy." Mm. Uh, next up is June Foray. She she's been acting in some way, shape, or form. Since she starred in her own radio show, which she wrote and hosted, called Lady Make Believe in 1937. Damn. Yeah. She won an Emmy, her first in 2012 for her role uh, as Mrs. Cauldron on The Garfield Show at the age of 94. Um, to becoming the oldest member to be nominated for and win an Emmy Whoa. in the history of the Emmys. Um, she's still around at age 99, but she hasn't worked in a couple of years. Um, if you want to see her and all of the other of these people, except for Hal and, and the couple who have passed away, um, watch a documentary. It's on Netflix. It's called I Know That Voice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's good. 2007. It's really good, yeah. 
Um, and, and all these people are on there, including last the last person, definitely not the least person, Frank Welker. Um, he's not a mainstay on DuckTales, but I felt like I had to mention him. He he does the voice of some of the Beagle Boys. He's also the voice of Megatron, mm-hmm. Soundwave, uh, Fred Jones of Scooby-Doo and Scooby-Doo currently. Nice. After uh, Casey Kasem passed. And, oh yeah, and I, and I mentioned he's a regular uh, a Beagle Boy. Mm-hmm. And so I just need to mention, like, these, these are the kind of quality actors that were involved in this. That's what I felt like I needed to say. These guys are prolific and... And could do any kind of character, which is why the the cast list is actually relatively short, except for some guest voices. Most of these people did multiple roles in the show. Yeah. And I also feel like this particular pool here, like, we are kind of maybe above the average as far as, like, voice acting nerds go. You know what I mean? Probably. Like, I bring this stuff up all the time where I'm like, oh, shit, yeah, man, that's Robert Paulson. They're like, who the, f- who the fuck is that? Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, dude, come on, really? Like, you, really? So, yeah. Yeah, uh, the one I can't think—I can't think of his name, but I always think of—is the dude who does uh, Zap Brannigan. Mm. Oh man, what's his Shit. name? Shit, I can see his face. Yeah, me um, too. He's amazing. He's amazing. He can—he's just like Terry McGovern to me. He can just do anybody. Yeah. And uh, somebody find that. I'll talk about the Emmys. So initially, the show wasn't well received by the critics. It actually took a little bit. Um, the people who got screeners said that the animation quality was poor and people were going to be disappointed by the show, which is the exact opposite. It's kind of crazy that they would have thought that. I, I don't know where that came from. Huh. Um, the show was nominated in 1988 for Outstanding Animated Programming in 89 as well. Um, and it finally won uh, in 1989. And then it also won in 1990 for Outstanding Film Sound Editing. And we, this is, again, like this is the second cartoon thing or we've talked about that one in sound editing i believe yeah but nothing else this happened to win actual you know outstanding animated programming award which is pretty Mm -hmm. cool anybody find that voice actor yet um yeah i did billy west there you go was right who you're thinking of love that guy pretty funny nailed it uh next up let's talk about the feature film very briefly i i don't think any of us have seen it am i wrong not enough to talk about. I'm sure I saw it when I was younger. I, yeah, I guarantee I've seen it. I just I have bet, no. I, I, don't I bet at some point it was it. on TV on a Sunday afternoon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably. Uh, it's called Ducktales: The Movie Treasure Treasure of the Lost Lamp. I guarantee I wanted to see it as a kid because how much I loved Aladdin. Right. So yeah. uh, this was actually released in theaters Based nationwide. On the title. I feel like I've seen it. I felt like I've seen it too because I, I know I've seen the cover art yeah, a million times. I was about times, to mention but... that too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know if I actually saw the film. Uh, it was released in theaters on August 3rd, 1990 uh, by Walt Disney Pictures and Disney Toon Studios. So it was actually not animated by the movie team. It was, again, animated by the television team, but they had a bigger budget to play with. Um, it happens. It follows Scrooge and the, and the nephews as they try to defeat the evil warlock Murloc, who is voiced by Christopher Lloyd. Uh, from taking nice. over the legendary magic lamp. Right awesome. On. Yeah. Uh, the movie made, I don't know, I don't have the exact figures in front of me, but from what I read, it made enough money to pay for itself. It just didn't make any money to justify any more movies because they actually had it in the plans that if this movie was as successful as they hoped, they would do like two or three more sequels. Mm. Uh, also hinging upon the success of this film was a potential Rescue Rangers movie, oh, which never saw the light of day. Why? No! 
I want that so bad. Mm-hmm. And Brandon weeps yep. into his bowl of lucky I charms. Do. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> On Saturday morning. Love Rescue Rangers. <laughs> so that brings us to the video game. Because this is so successful, of course Fuck it has a video yeah. game. Of course. Yep. Fuck yeah. Uh, it was a adapted to several actually not only was there DuckTales and DuckTales 2 but there's like DuckTales and the something something gold I don't know they're not worth your time no there's two games that are worth your time DuckTales the original from uh, 1989 and the remastered which is done in 2013 mm-hmm. yeah they're both the same game yeah that that's all you got. that 2013 remaster which we can talk about is stellar it's really impressive. You had it on this out. Caleb had it on this afternoon, and I was like, I remember this game, but it did not look <laughs> no, like that. Not at all. <laughs> like, that my, flowers actually look like flowers and not pixelated. Boxes. My Ducktales two <laughs> cart for the NES is one of my most prized possessions because it's really hard to come by. So yeah, right. I, I love nice. it. I love it so much. Yeah. Um, so it was originally called. Naughty Duck Dreams Adventures in Japanese, oh developed by. Oh, that's that's yeah. a different. That sounds fun. That's a different. That's a different thing. Yeah, we talked earlier about <laughs> yeah, Naughty Duck Dreams. In it. We talked yeah. earlier about that. I got shit. your Naughty Duck Adventures right here. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> uh, look in my trunk. It was uh, an, it's an action platformer uh, developed for the NES, Nintendo Entertainment System, uh, and later ported to Game Boy in 1990. It's got to have that portable, so I'm oh, gonna yeah, have man. it. Um, and although Capcom had Capcom had previously worked with Disney by publishing the Hudson-produced Mickey Mouse Capade game. Oh, that oh. game was terrible. It in was 19... so hard. <laughs> in 1988. I don't know if it's the same game that you're thinking. Is that the one where you're like on a pirate ship or something? Some yes. Point? Is that the same one? Was it yeah, called you Mystery? start out in the okay. fun house and the second level is the pirate ship and there may be other levels after that. Who knows? Nobody could get past <laughs> the second one. Okay, nobody in Jamie's household no. could get past the second one. I'd, I'd love to revisit I've that because I remember playing to. this game too. <laughs> The brooms that came after yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, I know this game. Terrible, dude. A copy of Ducktales Two right now on eBay is like an unboxed, no, no manual, no box or anything copy is going for anywhere from one hundred and sixty-two dollars to well over four hundred bucks. Dude, wow! I should just cash in, my dude. <laughs> you're you're sitting on your on your dime piece. Yeah, man. It's not really a magic dime. Put, put that in a jar and, and protect it. Yeah. <laughs> The villains are coming for you. Fine, man. Bring them on. <laughs> Flint Hart Glomgold's after mm-hmm. that now. <laughs> I'm going to make a D&D character so, for next week named Flint Hart Glomgold and nobody's going to know what the fuck I'm talking about. Screw nope. You. But you will. And you'll smile. And you'll exactly. exactly. <laughs> yeah. uh, so DuckTales, the game, became the first licensed uh, game for from Capcom uh, that they actually fully developed in-house. And share many key personnel with the original Mega Man series uh, team, including uh, Tokoro Fujiwara, uh, character designer Kijay Inafune, who if you're familiar with games now, you've definitely heard that name, and sound programmer Yoshihiro Sakaguchi. Um, Tamagotchi? Yeah, not Tamagotchi. (laughs) Uh, Only only a little racist. (laughs) Exactly, just a little. (laughs) It would go on to sell over a million copies worldwide. On each system becoming Capcom's biggest selling title for both platforms. Uh, it was praised for its tight control, unique and nonlinear gameplay, and bright presentation. It's often regarded as one of the best titles for the Nintendo. Um, and yeah, we've got a remastered version in 2013 for PC, Xbox 360, PlayStation 3, and Wii U. Mm-hmm. Every person, pretty much, that was alive still, 
from the original voice cast did voices for the awesome. remaster. It's just incredible. It's currently uh, backwards compatible on Xbox One as well. I think it's what ten dollars. Uh, probably something like that. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I have a. Yeah. I bought a boxed copy of that game the day it came out. That's awesome. Literally really? had it pre-ordered. Yeah. My but my buddy Jake, uh, who I've mentioned several times on the show, and you guys like kind of know through just knowing me, but um, probably the biggest fan of Ducktales who's ever lived. Um, so when that game came out, we had we made it a whole night. It was great. We we set aside the whole evening, watched Ducktales all afternoon. The game came out. We grabbed it at midnight from Walmart. Nobody else was there for that game. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we grabbed it at midnight from Walmart. I'm surprised you found an coffees. employee that would put it out for you at midnight. Right. Oh yeah, man. Um, I, I live in a small town. I can do whatever I want. Uh, yeah, and then we and then we played Ducktales until we beat it, which took for goddamn ever. That game is hard as shit. It is. It hard. is hard. Um, that's one, yeah, in the reviews, like, a lot of people said that it's a great game, but it's, yeah, it's incredibly difficult. It sees the players in the role of, of guess what, Scrooge McDuck, again. Uh, he travels around the world. On a pogo on stick. A, on his cane, which he uses as a pogo stick to smash bad guys and also open chests. Um, you can find various diamonds and treasures and rubies and, and ice cream to, mm-hmm. for, to return his life, which is a little weird. That's not weird. Is there ever reason well, to not be bouncing on the stick? That's just the mechanic, right? No, You're just no, constantly you holding know. down and B and just bouncing everywhere no, you can walks. get? He walks and runs. Well, can you walk. can, but there's no reason to. Rocks. No, not really. Um, <laughs> oh, the sound is so much cooler when that pogo impacts something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, it is pretty cool. My biggest beef with this game, especially looking at the remaster is I do not like the mechanic of not being able to see where those diamonds are, so you always have to jump in the space where they are supposed to be, and then they fall, and yeah. then you can pick them up. So you have to kind of know where these invisible markers are. That's called are. skill, Caleb, well, that was a strategy. Yeah, that was, a, that was a super common thing at the time. So when you were... I mean, this is getting into a different thing, but when you were developing video games in the late 80s and early 90s... Um, Coming off of arcades where you made all your money through replayability, right? Mm-hmm. In order to make these games at home worth your time because on average to beat them start to finish only took you know a couple hours. Um, you added in weird, difficult, and like honestly in a lot of cases unfair shit uh, for you to be able to go back to. So like you might accidentally come across diamonds or you might have that game for three years and your, you know, your buddy comes over and he sits down and plays it and he's like, oh shit, you know there's a diamond in this spot right here? And you're like, fucking whoa, what? You know. That was just a super common thing back then. Yeah, it's like hit, it's sense. like hidden one-up boxes in Mario. Right. right. You just jump in there and randomly you hit a one-up box, like that kind of stuff. Yeah. I guess. I don't know. It just kind of seems like a cheap... Oh, it absolutely is. It's, it's, artific- it's artificial longevity built into a game. That's, that's mm-hmm. all it is. There you go. That's, good. Yeah, that's a good way to describe it. Um, lastly, oh, I, oh I, I forgot. I want to mention a couple things. The revisions to this game are kind of hilarious. So this is a Japanese developer. They don't really know much about the American side of things. Mm-hmm. So they did a really good job. They saw the show. They watched it. They translated as best they could. The, the revisions, the notes that Disney sent back are kind of funny. They removed all the crosses from the coffins in the background to put R.I.P. Okay. R.I.P. In the Transylvania stage. R.I.P. Yeah. my dog. Apparently all the original power-ups were hamburgers. <laughs> yeah. We'll send it to America, man. They don't eat anything but hamburgers over there. It's true. Exactly. <laughs> but then they changed it to ice cream. Which oh, perfect, because also... we're fat. At least a hamburger has some kind of redeeming quality. Yeah, it does. Protein. Yeah. I love it. And then... 
they they put an option in there for some reason for Scrooge to lose all of his money. <gasps> Does this not still exist? Yes, though? he'd be. Because from what I'm aware, it doesn't exist. I saw at least not in the nest. I saw a thing when I was looking up stuff that there's a way to end the game with zero dollars bankrupt, and you get a different, an alternate ending of Scrooge going to his money pit and being sad. Yeah, there there are three endings. One, if you get like above a certain threshold of money, one is the regular ending, and one is zero money. I don't know how you get zero money, so you must spend it in some way, shape, or form. Um, it's been a long time since. Did I you lose it, money by taking damage? Maybe. Yeah, I don't. I don't remember. But you either. lose hearts by playing. It's been damage. a couple of years. I couldn't even begin. I couldn't even tell you. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah, it's an interesting game. Uh, I think all of us played it at one point, and it is hard, mm-hmm. especially when you're like it really is actually five or six. I say it's been a couple of years. I played it like Friday night. Um, my buddy <laughs> came over, and we we got fucking hammered. And I was like, dude, I'm gonna do a show this week about about Ducktales. Let's go play Ducktales on the PlayStation. And we sat down and played that game for fucking 15 minutes, and we're like, fucking nope, <laughs> not even super hard. Fail. So one of the benefits of having a show in the can, completed, you have 100 episodes sitting there, is it doesn't cost that much money to redistribute it to other places. So, And because of DuckTales' universal love by kids our age, people our age, they felt that they should export it. And they did. Boy, howdy. This is the first show to be exported from the U.S. to the Soviet Union in 1991. Nice. Huh. So DuckTales is our great ambassador to Russia. Yeah. It worked. It's not altogether bad. It worked. No exactly. wonder they like Trump so yeah. much. <laughs> Are we still hiding from bombs from them? No. <laughs> DuckTales. Um, in Latin America, it's called Pato Adventurous. Nice. Oh, Meaning Adventures of the Duck. Duck Adventures, yes. Uh, Scrooge McDuck is called Rico McPato. Of course he is. <laughs> and the nephews are translated as Hugo, Paco, and Louis. Uh, Louis. 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 Louis stays Louis. Louis. Yeah, Louis says Louis, but without, you know, it's spelled differently. Yeah. Um, or is that, would that be Louis? It'd be Louis. Probably Louis. Louis. Louis, yeah. yeah. In Hungary, the term DuckTales generation refers to the people who were born in the early to mid-1980s because the death of uh, Joseph Antal, the first democratically elected prime minister of Hungary, was announced during a DuckTales episode in 1980, oh. 1993. <sighs> That's unfortunate. Yep. And so this is the first generation, or the generation's first uh, foray into politics, and they all remember it, apparently. Huh. Do you yeah. guys remember a very real time, especially in the 90s, when, like, you know, um, channels like CBS and NBC and ABC were playing cartoons, and you would have to sit and deal in the evenings, like when a national tragedy or something happened. And you'd have to sit and deal with the fact that you're seven years old and you're trying to watch cartoons. And they would break in the middle of that shit and be like, 17 people were just murdered. And fucking... And I'm like, come on, dog. Like, I'm just, come on. You just do it. <laughs> Try to escape my horrible reality. Yeah, everything fucking <laughs> sucks. Can I just goddamn watch these cartoons? I don't, I don't remember that. I, I, don't, I don't have any memories of something like that, but man. Our parents didn't let us watch TV, so, you know, there's that. I was raised by the television, so that's, I mean, which accounts for a lot of my horrible habits. Yeah. <laughs> Well, no, but after it, they couldn't have done that until like a, the adult. So they did it all the time. I remember watching daytime TV uh, and having oh, yeah. it interrupted by yeah. some sort of oh, horrible yeah. thing. Oh, the only thing I remember TV being interrupted by, and I was really upset, was uh, sports oh. because, well, because I, I, 
I watched a lot of stuff on TNT, and so TNT would push everything when basketball came around. They're just like, no, we're playing basketball for the no. next six hours. You mean your just program and just wasn't shows... on that night because of a sporting event? And it was really upsetting. The struggle is real for 90s kids, I'm going to tell you, because I would go to school, and before I left for school, I'd set up the VCR to record yeah. Sailor Moon and Babylon 5. Hell and... yeah. Damn. <laughs> and... The... It would be pushed by basketball. So I'd come home and be like, oh, it's the next episode. I can't Oh, wait so with Tuxedo this. Mask. And then I'd turn it on, and it's freaking basketball men running around for like <laughs> Doing their basketball, basketball things. Those <laughs> horrible basketball men. Which actually, I mean, statistically, they are kind of horrible people. But. <laughs> they are. The worst. Good night. The worst. So <laughs> DuckTales has also been uh, translated to India, Finland, Germany, Italy, Spain, Brazil, Romania, the, the Netherlands, and Scandinavia. So, There's a real big part of like, that wants to watch German DuckTales. Yeah, I feel like four of them that's all right. have the same language, though. But that's just me being right. That's uh, just me being yeah, uninformed. Yeah, that's true. No, it's yeah, fine. It's, I understand it's, that. Absolutely, absolutely not true. <laughs> <laughs> and then, last but not least, guys, we're getting a reboot in 2017 oh, of DuckTales. Yes. Disney XD announced uh, that it is planning to reboot the original DuckTales TV series. The new reboot is scheduled to air sometime next year, in 2017. Um, But, tragically, in May of 2015, Terry McGovern uh, stated on Facebook that the entire voice cast was not coming back. Not a single person is being asked to come back. And he was heartbroken about it because he loves Launchpad. They ain't about to pay pay that Terry McGovern money. That's true. Mm -hmm. That's the linchpin right there. There wow. are very there are very few studios right now um, who will take a risk on a new or or a remake of an IP that will pay for top quality voice talent. Like with no with the flooding of, and I'm sure you guys I'm sure you guys know, but with the flooding of people going into that field, it's like so much uh-huh. new shit. So much new shit is is uh, almost entirely unheard of characters, and then like two guys. You know what I mean? Like like right. like the two yeah. people who run this industry. Right. I mean, if you look at Adventure Time, what that's pretty much two guys and then random people that they get bring in for single episodes. Right. right? Dude, voice work is hard to break into. Yeah. 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 Jamie tried. That's <laughs> not not good. So I want to ask the question. I want. I'm going to ask it to each one of you guys first. I want to know like what this show means to you. Let's start with. Let's start with Brandon. What What's your fondest memory of this show, and and why do you think it's important for people to? revisit it well if they haven't this show is important to me because uh darkwing duck wouldn't exist without it (laughs) um that that is true there is actually there's an episode of ducktales i feel what's called double o duck i believe that inspired darkwing duck um and it's a like there's a secret agent character that gets mixed up with he looks like launchpad and they get kind of mixed up and that's the comedy of it but um, yeah, I mean, it's just one of those, I'm, I'm fond of all, I'm a, I'm a Disney fan. Um, my family's, my family are Disney people. We do every other, you know, every two or three years we do a Disneyland trip together. Um, it's just kind of what we do. It's, it's one thing we love and it's, so I'm fond of all Disney animation <laughs> to be honest. Um, but yeah, DuckTales just, it's up there. I think it started, you know, our Disney afternoon shows, you know, it's, yes, it's, it's, it's responsible for a lot of those little Disney shows that we got, including Darkwing Duck and the Goof Troop and and awesome things like that. So The Aladdin series, mm-hmm. Gargoyles, mm-hmm. Yeah. Chippendale Gargoyles. Rescue Rangers. Oh, Chippendale. I can't wait for Chippendale episode. 
that song's just as iconic to me as the DuckTales yeah. song. Oh, yeah. yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah, DuckTales is great. What about you, Alex? I'm, like, the exact opposite of Brandon in that sense. Like, I was not into Disney much of anything aside from, like, you know, uh, a lot of the big temple movie releases like The Lion King and Aladdin. Um, I didn't – I wasn't a huge fan of their whole wheelhouse, you know. Um I was a Nickelodeon kid, 100%. I thought Disney was just like a little too wholesome to me. Um, I was a I was a Warner Brothers kid more than anything. Old Hanna Barbera stuff and Warner Brothers stuff was like absolutely my jam. Um, but I was raised at the time. You guys would have been watching Ducktales when I was that age. I was watching the inception of Cartoon Cartoon and Cartoon Network and all their original right. programming. So that's kind of that's my thing. Tex Avery and, and all that and, shit. And, and yeah, and all, that. all the Tex Avery stuff. All and then all the things that came out of Cartoon Cartoon, like Dexter's Lab and Powerpuff Girls. Like that was. A huge thing. Um, But I will say that uh, DuckTales is – DuckTales, Darkwing Duck, and to a lesser extent for me, Chippendales, uh, were like pretty much the only thing I enjoyed of their television programming until – I mean I guess really ever. Like there are a couple things that have come out later that I've I've been okay with like uh, through their Disney XD channel because they – as they've acquired other licenses, they've done other things. Um, But their original wheelhouse of – anthropomorphic characters i i for the most of my life could not care about at all um yeah what about tailspin how do we feel on tailspin, <gasps> love tailspin. i love that song I'll tell you that right now yeah. <laughs> was that ever supposed to be a, a launch pad series yeah there was a rumor that uh wow. that was started from a conversation that was at a con i believe that that there was talk of a launch pad centered show that it it's it's not true the, the, the gist of it is is that that was not true um, at, at all, that he ended up just getting shifted over to Darkwing Duck because it was a, a liked character. Right, because Tailspin was Baloo. Yeah. Baloo okay. and, yeah, and, and, mm-hmm. and uh, basically the characters from the Jungle yeah. Book. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, but there is maybe some merit to the fact that the, the tail from Tailspin may have actually been taken from DuckTales. Because huh. it's spelled the same way. And there's no reason for that. <laughs> so, so <laughs> the fact that you're wrong spelling. spinning a tail, I guess. You go into right, a tailspin yeah. as an aerial maneuver? I guess, I don't know, man. Like, There's some interesting stuff that I briefly read on that show that we will definitely have to cover in a full episode on Tailspin. Tail yeah, so. Cool. Jamie, what, what's your thoughts on, uh, on DuckTales? Why do you, does it still hold a place in your heart? Um, well, it was... I think you covered it earlier. I mean, they specific... Well, I guess that was more the... Uh, theme song but I feel like the show itself it didn't it didn't talk down to kids and it wasn't it was the plots were uh god I'm so stringing words together well tonight uh, <laughs> <laughs> um edit that out in post the nope <laughs> <laughs> okay thanks guys um the plots and stuff were really well crafted and they weren't they weren't the, I mean, they were the textbook, like, bad thing happens, and our heroes... They're very formulaic. Like, yeah, but it was, I felt like it, it spoke on a higher level than just a basic cartoon, and right. I feel like it still does. It's a lot of the morals and stuff are the same that carry through. They're not specific to any time period. It's wholesome, it's lighthearted, the characters are interesting, the problems are interesting, the way they get out of them is sometimes very interesting. And, yeah. Um... There's a, a one of the first episodes they actually take the gold that they find as the treasure and turn it and they they mold it into the ship that's broken 
the pirate ship. So they, they actually make <laughs> golden uh, patches on the sides of this ship, and they make golden sails. Yeah, which seems really amazing that they would do that because you're know, giving up so much. But this is the richest rich rich person of all life, so gold's yeah. really not that important. And that's the thing about I think for me the thing about Scrooge is. It's it's the classic Ebenezer Scrooge thing, literally, that he is a miser, but at the end of the day, he has a heart of gold, and he's willing to give that up on numerous occasions. You know, it always works out well in the end. He always gets back whatever that he was going to lose, but he always gives it up for his nephews or for Webby or for whoever his friends are more important. Mm-hmm. And I think that, that that's what hit home with a lot of kids. You know, it's, it's wholesome. Yeah. My best Scrooge McDuck memory is uh, Mickey Mouse Christmas Christmas Carol, where you kind of see all that that kind of mem- you know reminding me of that that quality you kind of seeing yeah. him in that that he is you know he's based off of Scrooge from the Christmas Carol, you know that that's who he is. I should point out that that Scrooge is much different from the one in the comic books. In the comic books, he's much meaner mm-hmm. and not as nice. But you know the one that most kids our age know about is the the softy you know so to speak nice so well i think that's about wraps it up thanks for joining us on this trip guys we'll be right back with some six degrees of ryan gosling Yay. i feel a little self-conscious about it it's a bit a bit, bit overkill i'm sick of myself i can't imagine how everyone else feels Hey guys, we're back. Uh, we're we're missing Colin, obviously. I didn't say it at the top of the episode, but I think you figured it out by now. Either that, or he's like sitting in the corner of the room crying. We we're love you. Him, but, uh, we're missing him that he's not here, and we're also missing him because we, we miss our buddy oh, so much. Uh, but you know, he's taking care of the baby, which and his wife, which he needs to do. But in the meantime, we felt that it would be unfair to continue playing trivia and gaining points over him. Or having Jamie playing instead, not because she couldn't do so well, but because... But I wouldn't have. (laughs) So, we're going to play, again, like last week, this new game called Six Degrees of Ryan Gosling. If you're familiar with Six Degrees uh, to Kevin Bacon, you're familiar with this game. It's exactly the same thing, except for we get to to Ryan Gosling instead of... Which is so much better. Yeah, instead of Kevin Bacon. Because we love the Goss. Oh my god! Yeah. Also, I'm gonna give this- in a weird, in a weirdly avian slash duck themed show. My right. man Gosling. This is why you know? I thought it was appropriate. Yeah, I watched uh, the I watched the the um, dirty dancing scene in that movie he does. Yes. Oh, did you, I love the boys that part. photoshopped? I'm telling you. Ah. <laughs> it was so funny. She says that too. It's mm-hmm. so cute. Oh, I like that movie. <laughs> so disgusting. All right. Um. So this is how we're going to do it. I'm going to give you uh, the name of an actor and then a hint as to the next actor, which I want you to guess, or the film. It can be either or. I'm kind of playing and mixing it up a little bit this time. All right. So first question, or first statement. Terry McGovern from DuckTales Mm -hmm. was in Mrs. Doubtfire in 1993 Mm -hmm. in a small part as the ADR director in the very beginning, directing this actor. Robin Williams. That is correct. Oh, oh, that was too okay. easy. All right, all right. Man, okay, right? cool. All right, I was going to go Brosnan, but okay, cool. All right. Robin, this is a little bit harder. Actually, quite a bit harder, in my opinion. Robin Williams was in this sequel to Happy Feet 
with this extremely famous actor who had a very small role, quite literally, as Will the Krill. Wow. Mm. What was wait? Okay, and we need the actor's name. We played March of the Penguins. No, no, no. This is looking for the actor. The actor's name we played Will the Krill. I'm gonna in Happy in Feet. The sequel to Happy I'm gonna go yes, Pacino. Happy Feet. No, damn. damn. But I don't. That's the level of actor. We're that's talking. what I'm thinking too. Younger. I feel like Shit. Will the Krill sounds like a gangster name too. Like, so that's why I went like Pacino. No, like that's, a, that's the wrong. I'm on the wrong side of that. Okay. Will Smith. No. No, he, oh, Will man. Smith is not up there with Pacino. <laughs> Don't kid yourself. Um, no. Oh man, uh, we need we need another clue for this. Alex man. needs a guess. Yeah. Uh, shit. Guess. Uh, let's go. Let's go with. Uh, oh, shit. I'm trying to. I'm trying to pull up his name. Hold on, guys. I've seen a face. Hold on. It's not the right answer. <laughs> I don't know. I got nothing. I got nothing. I have. This is a shot in the dark answer. I don't, Danny DeVito. No. We'll say. We'll, you already got your guess. The answer is Brad Pitt. Oh, what? Okay, okay. all right. Okay, he's having a hard time right now. Brad Pitt. <laughs> yeah, well, change your mind for different reasons. Brad, Brad Pitt was in this film that Jamie hates about a gun with Julia the Mexicans. Roberts. The Mexican. I will give that to Brandon. Oh, he was faster huh? because he was faster. Oh God, that's the worst movie. Is of it? Life. I don't know if I've ever seen it. Honestly. Oh, so bad. And you think it's over? And then it keeps going. She doesn't like it. And it does that like three times. Isn't that like a pseudo sequel to something else? Isn't it a pseudo sequel to that Banderas movie? No, no, no. You're thinking of the Desperado. I thought it was kind of a sequel to that, like a spiritual sequel. Okay. No. You think you're thinking Once Upon a Time in Mexico? That's that's the spiritual successor or whatever. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I wasn't totally wrong. Next up, Julia Roberts co-starred in this film with Meryl Streep about the strong-willed women of the Weston family whose paths have diverged until a family crisis brings them back to Oklahoma. Where they oh, I was about to say it. It's not still English. It's not. It's I wasn't going to say that anyway. It, that's too old. Yeah. So Meryl totally Streep, Julia Roberts. Oh! I will say it is a relatively recent film over the last two years, and if and I'm not surprised if oh, Alex in particular has not the name seen it. Of it. It's based on a play. Yeah. It's also named after the play. It's not the waiting one. Nope. Uh, um, uh, is the one where she travels and stuff? They want they go and travel. No, 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 no. That's Eat Pray Love. That's what I'm thinking uh, of. That's what I'm thinking. See, of. She knows these things. <laughs> um, nope. Oh, you're gonna kill yourself. For this I one. know. I can see the preview for it. Like the preview for it is playing in my head, but they're yelling at each other over the table. Yeah, I remember she's all in black. Meryl Streep's all in black, oh, yelling across the table. I. We really enjoyed this movie. Uh, you really enjoyed this movie. It's dark, <laughs> horrible humor. My mother and I like could have played parts in that movie. That is true. Um, I got nothing. Alex, what do you got? Uh, no, I got absolutely not. The movie I really liked. That one. <laughs> it's called August Osage yes! County. <laughs> I've never heard those three words put together. Never. Me either. I didn't think so. This one, next one's for you. Meryl Streep was in The Fantastic Mr. Fox with this well-known actor-director and, until 2014, Infamous Bachelor. Until 2014? Yes, Alex, got a point. George Clooney. Oh. George Clooney was in a film with Ryan Gosling about an idealistic staffer for a new presidential candidate who gets a crash course on dirty politics. A Clooney Gosling joint, huh? I'm gonna have to give you probably half of the half of the title on this one, because um, it is it wasn't 
something that we're super excited about seeing. Uh, the Ides of March. Yes. Yeah. Well, there you go. I've never heard of this movie. I just happen to know that phrase. Yeah, yeah I exactly. Have. Yeah. I remember that. Exactly. A, I remember that being a preview thing that well, I actually wanted to see, but I never did. Yeah, me too. Never seen Ryan it. Ryan Gosling with Kinda... your sweet angelic face. Seriously, <laughs> you just come. Up. When, are, what's, when are we going to have him on Six Degrees of Ryan Gosling giving the clues? Holy oh, that'd shit! Be great. That would be so meta. It'd be like a dream. So within a amazing. Dream. I want everyone who listens to this show to tweet Ryan Gosling and let him know that he should he should do this because we are yes. the only podcast that mentions him weekly. We want to thank you and guys for he, those five tweets to Ryan Gosling yes. in advance. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> mention that he should be contacting me directly. He can find me yeah. at Traffic Jamie. <laughs> Doesn't have to be. You, Caleb, that was the most nervous <laughs> laughter I've ever heard. Caleb. <laughs> <get>. <laughs> Uh, funny, huh? uh, you hear every every married couple gets one, right? I'm gonna die alone. That's not my one. Uh, oh no, man. Oh no, I like him, but still contact me, Ryan. <laughs> All right. Well, that's our show. <laughs> Gotta get out of here before I'm divorced by the end of the night. Uh, you can you can check out. We're on Ninja Pancake, guys. I don't know if you heard of it. You can go to pancake.com or ninjapancakego.com. Is that? Is that a thing? The thing? <laughs> it's Ninja, at Ninja Pancake Go on Twitter. It's NinjaPancake.com. Yes. I know that. I always get that confused because they're different. Uh, <laughs> I want to thank Speaker Freaks for the Geek Squatch theme. You can check out their music at SpeakerFreaks.com or wherever music is sold. They're all over the place, guys. Uh, you can listen to them on YouTube as well. You get a preview of the album. Subscribe to this show on iTunes. Just search for Geek Squatch. Oh, wait. you already done that because you're listening to us. Awesome. Rate us and leave us a comment. If you got a, something negative to say, email us. Don't rate us. <laughs> Just give us some feedback. I actually would really appreciate some honest feedback, which shows you like the most, why, if there's anything you don't like, um, anything you want us to do more of, any topics that you want covered. Pretty much every topic that someone has uh, mentioned to us on Twitter has already been covered or will be shortly. So we're on top of that. You can visit our website at geeksquash.com. Email us at podcast at geeksquash.com. Follow us on Twitter at Geek Squash Pod. Alex, got any plugs? Now's the time. I do want to, and this is a bad place to put, to put this, but I do actually want to read uh, some listener mail. Oh, do awesome. Oh, let's do nice. it. Yeah, we got some listener mail. Um, we are, uh, I don't know, 12, 13 days late in reading this, so I apologize to our good friend of the show, Lady of Legend, um, who we all, we all know some way or another, mostly through video games. Uh, she sent us a message on September 19th, and it said, subject, I'm loving it. Uh, message. Da, 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 da. <laughs> do, 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 do. I know. Don't I sue me, McDonald's, nice. you corporate No, assholes. I wasn't in keyed. They can't. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I made it my own. I made it my own. Uh, the message is, hey, boys, lady here. Real names are weird. Just want to say how much I'm fucking <laughs> loving the show. Oh, this is verbatim. <laughs> Uh, halfway through episode seven now. Love the topics thus far. By the way, there are only seven Harry Potter books, not eight. Winky face. Also, thanks for that. <laughs> I am literally the least interested in Harry Potter of any human being ever. I don't know about you guys, but I really not care. Yeah, I'm not I like a Harry, Harry Potter. Potter guy. So. I read them huh. when I was like not as much as Jamie. I read through it when I was like twelve, thirteen, and it was fine. And then after about the fifth book, I was like, I'm done with this garbage. Um, anyway, she goes on to say. After School TV is probably one of my favorites. So many great shows I forgot about. Like Bonkers. So good. My favorite that nobody mentioned was Sailor Moon, Jamie. 
Hello. Yay! Uh, for my preteens, but still nostalgic, I would race from the bus to catch it. I also love Biker Mice from Mars, but couldn't recall if it was a Saturday morning cartoon oh. or not. Um, Biker Mice. <clears throat> I love some Biker Mice. Hell yeah. I had those action figures, man. Ooh, Me too. Little wrists yep. opened up, man. Vinny, Vinny, yes, Moto, and what was it? Vinny, Moto, and Diesel? Is that the Sounds names? right. Sure. That checks yeah, out. I'm pretty sure. Uh, she goes on. Corrections at podcast at GeekSquatch.com. Absolutely. Yeah. She goes on to say, um, <laughs> anyways, I have some topics I would love to hear you touch on. Happy Meal Toys. Uh, when they were actually good. Remember yeah. those dress-up chicken nuggets at Halloween? Hell yeah. Oh, oh yeah. god yeah. damn it. Hell yeah. Uh, she says, game shows. I was personally obsessed with game shows. Still kind of am. GSN is my jam. Legends of the Hidden Temple, Double Dare, Guts, Carmen San Diego, yes. which we just did a show on. Listen mm-hmm. to that. It is live right now. Uh, would love to hear your memories. The next one, she says, my next subject would be a little bit different because I watched them because my mom did. Uh, and don't know if you guys have any memories on them. Stephen King miniseries on TV. Tommy Knockers and the Stand family. Uh, I remember miniseries being a big thing. I could be wrong. There was one that wasn't Stephen King, but I still remember my top uh favorite shows or movies of all time was called the tenth kingdom i'm not familiar with any of that stuff personally hmm. but i do kind of miss how many series were a big deal in the 90s do you guys they remember were... that merlin mini series that aired oh yeah on like oh, uh yeah. abc yep. maybe that I was do. uh yeah. there there's a lot of older stuff like north and south uh things like that like civil war era things yeah yeah mini series during the 80s and 90s yep uh, so she says, well, now I'm rambling on. Anyway, keep it up. I love the twiv- trivia, even though I kind of suck. And she sends us a heart. <laughs> so um, I'm right there with you. I super suck at trivia. Uh, <laughs> but I do appreciate <laughs> you writing in. That's really awesome. Um, the emails for Geek Squatch go directly to my email address for whatever reason. I think there's was, there was an issue when we set it all up anyway. So that comes to my email address. So if you have anything you'd like to address us, uh, like Caleb was saying, long form, uh, comments on the show or anything else. You can email us, podcast, at geeksquatch.com. And as for my actual plug, follow me on Twitter at W.A. Hirsch. That's H-I-R-S-C-H. Awesome. Awesome. Very cool. Brandon? I will give my own correction. It's Vinny, Moto, and Throttle. And in this wild and woolly universe, there are many things you can count on. Your brains, your bros, and your bike. Anyway. Hell yeah. Um... (laughs) Uh, I'm Sesame Seed 01 on Xbox, and I'm Sesame Seed 83 on Twitter. Cool. Jamie? Ryan Gosling, please contact me. <laughs> at Traffic Jamie? At Traffic Jamie. There you go. J-A-I-M-E. That's right. <laughs> uh, and I am on Twitter at CalebMCC. Uh, thanks for joining us, guys. Uh, remember, life is like a hurricane. One, are you, are you going to clap this time? Sure. Two, three. No. That was no. the worst clap no. of all time. What just happened? No. Wait. No. I, nobody... I didn't even clap. <laughs> Alex didn't clap. Jamie was clap. way off. He <laughs> said one and then he clap. started talking oh, I... and he goes two, three. I can't do that shit. Wait, am I supposed to clap on three or after three? <laughs> two and then clap. Yeah, it's, it's, so it's, it's after, after three. three. Yeah. All right. Well, I got. Yeah, he hit me. He... Are, we in le- are we doing this lethal weapon gag again, really? <laughs> I hate this. <laughs>
Also, I had my hands above my head and I missed. So that's incredible. That's so good. <laughs> that, made, that made for a slightly. Our children less will not be coordinated in any way, shape, So, in oh, true God, white people style, your high five wasn't good enough. So you have to try again. 